Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and, and here she is. This week's episode is sponsored by asanaetc.com. Asana Etc. is a Czech-produced online yoga and movement platform brought to you from the founders of Prague Yoga Collective and a couple of other people who have gone together to create some place where we can be together when we can't physically be together. It can be comfort to find classes and community online to keep feeling good about ourselves, both physically and mentally. And we've just released a bundle of prenatal yoga videos with me that I'm teaching. So if you are pregnant and you've never done any yoga before, they're perfect for you. And there are also videos for those of you guys that might be pregnant that have a strong practice already and you'd just like to know how to modify a little bit as belly grows and also if you're not pregnant or you're not planning to be pregnant there's lots and lots of videos for you to practice with as well so if this sounds amazing then head to asana etc.com that is a-s-a-n-a-e-t-c.com and get your seven day free trial today after that unlimited access to all our videos is only 12 euros a month so go ahead and head to asana etc.com in today's story we hear from Zuzka she's sharing the birth story of her little boy Marek with us today Zuzka was in a mentally abusive relationship with her former partner and the father of Marek. So she will be taking us through how it was being pregnant in a situation like that and leaving and finding the support uh, network around her to be able to do that. Now this is also a trigger warning if this is something that you can't listen to and you feel like it's not for you today then I would recommend just turning off the podcast here and coming back next week for for another story or maybe saving it for later when you feel uh, a little bit more prepared to to listen to a story that involves um, an abusive relationship Um, but not only that Zuzka shares that really beautiful birth story and journey through pregnancy finding people that supported her and family and her new partner that is really caring for baby Marek now that he's earthside as well so with a happy ending this story Zuzka will talk us through her hospital delivery with Marek and what happened in that story I will leave up to Zuska to tell you guys um, but before we jump into it all then do please check out the show notes page today if you're experiencing any sort of domestic abuse um, or you're in an abusive relationship or you know somebody that might need help I've posted some links for direct help in the Czech Republic on the show notes page for this particular episode on the website 9monthspodcast.com. There is help both in English and in Czech and a few different other languages as well, including Russian and German. So please check that out if you need. All right, let's get into today's story. Hi, Zuska, and welcome to the 9 Months Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. 
Yes, thank you for trusting me with your story today. Do you want to start by introducing yourself and who is in your family? Of course. So my name is Susanna. I am Czech. I live in Prague and I'm 28 years old and I'm a mother to five months old baby. Uh, my son, who's currently lying next to me, so you might <laughs> probably hear some sounds. Yes. Um, uh, he's pretty much my everything. And it was the transition to being a mother after giving birth to him This was really hard. So why I decided to share my story is probably to help me transition a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, what might be interesting is that I uh, suffer from depression. I take antidepressants and I've been uh, dealing with this for about... Let me do a quick count. I think six years, six or seven years. So it's nothing really, nothing new. And yeah, I'm a police officer. That's about it. <laughs> oh, great. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't think I've ever spoken to a Czech police officer before. <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> yes, great. Super. So let's start with your journey to becoming pregnant. Did you plan to have a baby? And how did you find out? Yeah, actually, uh, baby Marek was completely, pr- uh, completely planned. I had IUD, so I had that removed after we decided in my then partner that it was a good idea to try to have a baby. Looking back after three months of knowing him, it wasn't really that good of an idea. But it was his idea. <laughs> Just to put it out there, he came with it. And so I had the IUD removed. And after the first try, I had a miscarriage. Well, it wasn't really a miscarriage. It didn't, it didn't catch, so to say. It didn't work out. But yeah. And the next month, I fell pregnant with, with the baby. Mm. Great. And so how, how was your pregnancy? And I had a risk pregnancy from the very beginning. I was bleeding a lot because I had sort of like placenta previa problems. But mm-hmm. uh, after, after about 20 weeks pregnant, it got better. Actually, it got better when I left him. So I believe a lot of problems were caused due to stress because I'm very sensitive to stress. And... Uh, I found out I was pregnant on 26th of December last year, which was really nice, like kind of a Christmas gift to me, because I really, really wanted a family and really wanted a baby. I felt that that was my calling. And now when I see him and I actually am right now looking at him, I know that it really was the calling for me to have a family. Uh, But on the 27th of December, my then partner immediately changed his behavior towards me and became manipulative, cold, and sort of say like psychopathic, but that's a really strong word. And I don't want to trigger any Mm. bad feelings in anyone listening. I know that psychopath is a really strong word, but he did have those traits by the end of the relationship when I was leaving. And when I think about it now he really did have those traits so yeah so what what happened what happened then with your uh, it was full of like little errors and everything and I 
I had really bad nausea and I was really tired in the beginning of my pregnancy. I was vomiting quite a lot. Like in my case, the morning sickness was all day sickness, just like mm-hmm. I hear almost <laughs> everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder who came up with the name morning sickness. I was literally sick all day. <laughs> anyway, I didn't, I couldn't really work as much as I could before I fell pregnant because he lived in a farm and I worked quite a lot in there. We got a horse, we had a couple sheep, we had rabbits, hens, and I'm not sure if it were geese or ducks. I think it were geese. Yeah, geese, definitely geese. That's the funniest animal, by the way. It's really, it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and my work was to take care of all the animals, including riding the horse, and including just about everything. Yeah. And um, as I had risk pregnancy because I was bleeding and on and off feeling weird about and like I really, really felt like. I'm endangering the baby by doing a lot of those things. And all I wanted was sleep and puke anyway. I couldn't eat. And I had basically zero energy to work. And that was a problem for him. He couldn't understand that I am unable to do those things that I was before. It wasn't me being lazy. It was me being sick. (laughs) Because with his... Two women before that he has two children with uh, are completely normal during their pregnancy. So I was, of course, making everything up and he didn't believe me, which was really hard because I didn't feel validated and I started to feel like I'm making it up myself. So I had to push through it. Mm. And um, yeah, when I was about 13 weeks pregnant, Actually, I think it was 13 weeks mark. I was getting ready to drive uh, on my horse, getting, to, uh, getting ready to ride her. Put her. I put her saddle on and I accidentally squeezed her skin into the saddle buckle. And yeah, and she kicked me in the stomach. Hmm. And I, of course, panicked. I didn't know what to do because I was... I was absolutely sure I'm going to lose the baby that day. And I didn't want that to happen Mm. because I already loved him and he was just a bean. And Oh, he flipped the stomach. I'm sorry. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, and he was just a bean. So what my instinct was to call him and ask what to do. And he was like, don't bother me. I'm at work. Do something yourself. Mm. And I was like, okay, that was harsh and unnecessary. So I panicked even more and I called myself an ambulance and took a ride in, as we say, a yellow truck. And I ended up in the hospital. I was very, very lucky that the horse kicked my upper stomach. So nothing was really damaged and all the blood work and everything came out really great. But I was banned from doing basically every hard work. I I was lucky that they let me 
lift myself up like I didn't have to get the best dressed like a lot of women get mm. and they found out that they had a placental hemorrhage sort of like a bruise under the placenta and that's why I was bleeding and also the placenta previa kind of problems right so I came home with that telling him look I'm really sorry I know it's difficult and I know that there is a lot of work around the house but I can't do it because it's endangering the baby and ultimately my life to do those things he didn't care so I had to do all the things anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's how it went I had to take care of his two kids um and how old he had kids from sorry Uh, how old are they are they small or uh the uh, yeah actually yeah the girl is now five years old and the boy would be around four years old now okay okay Uh, yeah so that's a lot of work with two different women by the way uh the the girl was staying with him full-time he was the sole carer and the boy was in shared parentship and he was there a couple times a couple times a week it was quite complicated to understand the way they decided to exchange the parentship the uh, the living of the boy it was really strange yeah and and did you have anybody else to support you during this time actually yeah i am so super lucky to have the parents i have if I didn't have my parents, I would not be anywhere right now. And to be honest, and I am saying this with a huge trigger warning. Yeah. If I didn't have my parents, I wouldn't be here and my boy wouldn't be here today now. I know this is, I know this is a hard topic. I know that. No, it's definitely, it, we definitely need to talk about these things. I'm really, I'm happy that you're sharing and that you're, you are able to share with us and that you're able to be here today, you know, and share this with us. Absolutely. So many women going through these things behind closed doors and it's it's difficult to share. And that's also why I decided to say absolutely everything in here because yeah, I know that there are a lot of women suffering through this and I suffered through similar things twice actually before that, Mm. uh, once directly before. And once a couple of years before that, so let's say I am not very good in choosing my partners. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. We uh, con- continue. Yeah, that's baby Marek saying hello. <laughs> Hi, Marek. Hi, Marek. Welcome. <laughs> and he is actually laughing. I know it sounds weird, but he is having fun. He's a very happy baby. Oh, and um, yeah, he's very, so, he's very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. He's smiling at us, so yeah, good, good. And anyway, and I going back to that, I believe that people should talk about stuff like that more, yeah. so the women know that what is happening to them is wrong, mm-hmm. but it is happening, and they need to know that. And I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know. Actually, I didn't think it was wrong the very first time I went through it. And I didn't have any idea about like how much I can value myself and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
Yeah. So well, now I know. <laughs> that's a good thing. And how did you know, or how did you manage to get yourself out of the situation? Or did you? That was very, that was actually very difficult. Mm. Yeah. It was, I, the problems were piling up, so to say, and I felt unloved and ugly and I had a lot of money, a lot on my plate and I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Uh, like being forced to use heavy tools to like work with wood and everything. I was five months, five months pregnant. I was showing the pregnancy and I was climbing the roof, mm. uh, <laughs> throwing the roof tiles down and still riding the horse even though I was bent three times by doctors mm. yeah. he just didn't care then he started uh, saying that I was cheating on him like with who it was middle of pandemic I wasn't allowed to go anywhere mm. and stuff like that and the very last straw actually there were two last straws and I remember remember it like it was yesterday Mm. and the very last straw was that he banned me from going to a hairdresser because uh, because I don't know why actually I don't understand to to this day I don't know why he decided to ban me from going and the argument was your work here is not finished Mm. like am I your employee or am I your partner yeah and that day something clicked and about a week later he told me to bake him some meat and didn't tell me exactly what he expected from the baked meat so I baked it according myself and it he decided that it was baked for too long and that was the very very last straw that day he came home from work um checked out the baked meat, said that it's completely wrong, complained, complained to his mother, who I actually cannot stand. Jesus Christ, that lady was annoying. Uh, yeah, and left for work. A uh, couple of weeks before this happened, I started telling my mother that there might be some problems because I was afraid of telling her I was... I was kind of ashamed. Yeah. And this feeling, I believe many women have this feeling yeah. about like feeling ashamed that this cannot be, this cannot be happening to me. It's shame. I let that happen. I'm a police officer. How can I let someone treat me this way? Mm-hmm. You know, if it was my, so to say, quote unquote, client, I wouldn't allow that. But I allow my partner to treat me this way. I was, it was really shameful for me. But I explained to my mom that this is happening and it's really getting hard and I don't know what to do. I felt like I'm his employee or I used the word slave, which is really strong word. Mm. But I really did feel that way. And that day when the baked meat accident happened, uh i lost it i said i'm not doing this i'm not going through this anymore i'm leaving and yeah i did the the most mature thing i sent him a text message (laughs) saying that uh i had to take a break 
and I feel underappreciated and I'm leaving mm. to Prague because that was in South Bohemia where we lived near Tabor. Actually, a really pretty place. And um, yeah, so I told him that I'm leaving to my parents and I will be staying with them for about a week and then I will come back. His only thing, the only thing that he was concerned about was, are you taking the horse? Like, yeah, I'm also taking your son that is about to be born, but don't mind that. Yeah. Yeah. So I took care of the horse. That was his only primary concern that the horse is going to be taken care of, mm. which was my horse, by the way, like literally mine. And um, yeah. And, and I left. I took, I literally took a suitcase, the horse, and the backpack, and I left. I'm thinking, how did you take a horse? Did you just pack it up and, and drive? <laughs> <laughs> I, was very, I, I was actually very, very lucky that it was the, so to say, rural part of South Bohemia. And right in the village next to us, there were horse stables. Mm-hmm. So I put her there to, for the lack of better words, a hotel stay. Yeah, stay yeah. In the spa. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> <Let's> nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, she went for a vacation for about two weeks. Yeah, and the whole time I was he he probably didn't even care that I personally was gone or his son was gone. He cared that he now has to clean up and take care of his kids and the animals himself. That was something that was really hard to get over, that I was really not personally important for him. Mm. Yeah. Did you have contact with him when you left or did you? Actually for for about a week, I tried to keep the discussion and everything, especially because the kids, because of the kids, but uh, his uh, daughter, the five-year-old girl, was already abandoned, so to say, before by her mother and left with him. Later on, I found out that she wasn't actually really abandoned. She was just, the, the mother wasn't really that strong to deal with him and his BS. Uh-huh. Uh, so she did the only thing that she could do for her survival and that was hands off I'm leaving you can take the child I don't care now I have to do what I have to do to survive and I understand her now I really do at that time I judged her like how can you leave your child man I understand her now and I feel so sorry that I judged her but I didn't know any better yeah yeah all situations are are different and we don't always know all the details so it's really difficult to yeah and I know I knew the details from him because I didn't have any contact with her when I left I contacted her and she told me everything she told me how he was drinking constantly which was a big problem when I was there also like when he wasn't drunk, he was he was an alcoholic, so to say. Yeah, because he when he wasn't drink, uh, drunk, he was unbearable. Yeah, he could only touch me or show me any kind of affection when he was drunk. And yeah, and 
she told me that when she was pregnant with the girl, uh, he got drunk, took out his gun, who he owns legally, and pointed it to her. And it was like a big joke, um, but the gun was loaded. And I don't think that it was such a big joke. Right. Yeah. Wow. That sounds really intense. Yeah. It was actually really intense and I had no idea and I felt really ashamed. I actually, when I was on the phone with her and she was telling me those things, I went red in my face with anger and shame how I could judge the person, but I really didn't know. Anyway, I tried to discuss with him how everything is going to be, how I'm going to take care of stuff. And the only thing that he and the children cared was the horse but the horse her name is Fanka by the way um, <laughs> Fanka didn't like him I should have known better when the horse doesn't like a person it usually means that the person is not good so I but I didn't really want to see that I was I was in love and I was probably manipulated also by him mm. yeah so the only thing he cared about was the damn horse. Like, keep the horse with us. Dude, the horse was 50,000 Czech crowns. That's a lot of money. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not leaving it, leaving her with you. And I'm not giving that horse as a gift to your daughter. She's five years old. All she can have is a toy horse, not a real horse. Uh, at first, I was like, yeah, I'm going to leave her there. But then I, I, was, I started to be afraid for the safety of the kids and for the safety of the horse also. But he had, he claimed he was a big liar. And I didn't know until later that he claimed that he knew a lot about horses and everything. He had zero experience with horses, zero. And I learned more by the time I left about animals and everything than him i knew i knew quite a lot by then and i still do i i know how to share sheep for example it's a very important thing to know when you live in prague <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> that's true so yeah. so what about when you came to prague then to your parents did how did everything go from there from there yeah i I called my mother, I'm, I told her I'm leaving, took the horse to the hotel. The people there, I told them about what happened and they were so helpful. Like they even drove me to the train station and I took a train. My mom picked me up at the main train station in Prague and everything was just weird. Like my, my world shattered and I didn't know what I was going to do because man, I didn't plan on this. I wanted a family and I thought that this was going to be the family. Yeah. People from the stables, they drove me and then I was in Prague and I didn't know what to do. And I, like, I was really like, no, I'm not doing anything again. I was just sleeping. I was pretty tired and I had to start doing everything that the pregnant mother should do, like register myself to the birthing hospital and I had no idea how to do any of this because in South Bohemia I didn't have to do any of it because there were not that many people giving birth 
So I didn't have to register. I didn't have to find a doctor for my future baby. And I was basically late on everything. And plus dealing with the BS that he wanted. He still wanted the baby. I think he didn't really want the son then. I think he wanted the tax tax discount or whatever you want to say. Anyway. Yeah. How many weeks I, were you when you came to Prague? How far along? Were I you? was I was beginning my seventh month. Okay. okay. Yeah. Lucky for me, uh, everything turned around. I was going in and out of depression, but I was still hanging in there thanks to my parents, and they helped me found they helped me find the flat for me, an apartment. And I'm very happy to have that. If I didn't have my parents, I wouldn't be even able to live here because I wouldn't have the money to do so. And but lucky for me, things started to turn around. And uh, one of my, actually, I would say probably my best friend, she was like, "Look, um, I work where I work, and there is a guy who is really nice, and he's." probably totally your type because I have specific type of men that I like that look like bears. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Big, okay. kind of chubby and yeah, hairy. Mm-hmm. And he's really nice and I would like you to get to know him. I'm like, oh, stop bothering me with men. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to meet anyone. And I basically told her to F you. And, um, but in a nice way. And um, she was like, okay, I understand. It just like the offer is out here <laughs> about a week later i was like so maybe you could give me his contact information yeah <laughs> and um and we met and it was like yeah it was beautiful i was like i was waiting for you where were you and um yeah it was it was really beautiful and we started a beautiful relationship in the summer and he was even my birth partner and it was really beautiful and everything since since i met him everything started to get better but the little hiccups every now and then but yeah everything started to be really great and it's continuing to be great Mm. Uh, anyway back to the birth story yeah so i found the partner everything was amazing we took trips and but I was still very tired and I was getting really nervous and really anxious about the birth coming because I had no idea what to do. And like I did it. I've never done it in my life. <laughs> so we took the prenatal <laughs> class and that was a flop. Uh, yeah. Prenatal classes were not for, not meant for people like me. I, I laughed it off. And the only thing that it happened to give me was more anxiety and it still didn't prepare me for what could actually happen. It prepared me for a normal birth, but my actual labor was not normal at all. So I gave birth on 6th of September, and on the 5th of September in the morning, I, was, I woke up completely panicked that the baby is not moving at all. He's not moving, something is wrong, we gotta go to the hospital. I swear something is wrong. You take me to the hospital right now. 
So uh, my partner had his breakfast and we drove to the hospital. Of course, the baby was okay. And like always, like every time I panicked or I started bleeding, the baby was okay. He is a warrior. And uh, yeah, he really is. And mm. uh, But they checked me out and everything. And she's like, oh, it looks like you are starting to dilate, but nothing is happening. Nothing is showing on the monitor. You got to mm. go home have sex and take your time and probably something will happen maybe in a week maybe in two weeks maybe tomorrow we don't know like thanks right. that's very reassuring <laughs> how far along were you then <laughs> uh, i was 38 weeks 38 weeks okay mm. i'm sorry 39 weeks mm. 39 and they were like yeah just continue everything as expected and see you at the next <laughs> scheduled checkup okay that didn't help at all because at that time i still had the idea that the doctors can actually predict when the baby is gonna like from the position and everything because the internet and the courses and all the other mothers made me believe that the doctors can see exactly like your baby is gonna be born x epsilon day yeah yeah no mm -hmm. <laughs> that no <does> not <laughs> no that does not happen <laughs> well i didn't know and yeah. so we decided to drive to my partner's apartment so he could play uh, he could play games on his computer and i could sleep and we arrived i went to bed and i slept for a little bit and then i started to feel a little pain and i was have i was having some like spotting i don't want to say i was bleeding because it was not bleeding probably spotting so i was like hey, could you give me some paracetamol or whatever painkiller you have? Yeah, so I took a painkiller, took a shower and went back to sleep. Little did I know that was the time I started going into labor, actually. So I woke up, we took a walk to Lidl, did some shopping, ate ice cream, everything was perfect. Then we drove back to my flat where I was more comfortable and I started having contractions. <laughs> okay that's amazing but <laughs> we left uh, but we left the car at his apartment because the parking in my area is where the blue lines are and it's really difficult and we don't have the license for it like hmm, that's great so we have to take a cab and it's like and the partner was like that's gonna take some that's gonna take a couple hours i'm going to sleep and i'm like okay go i have no problem with that i'm taking a bath so I went into the bathtub and that was a mistake. I couldn't for the, I couldn't for the hell of it get out. And I couldn't. And my partner, when he sleeps, he is sleeping and he is snoring. And probably if I fired a shot right next to his head, he wouldn't wake up. And he's sleeping. I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm, I have to do it and i started having contractions regularly and it was quite quick i really thought or i was made believe that it was going to take hours of me having contractions at home jumping on a ball and everything is going to be just peachy it wasn't so at uh, so i managed to wake him up and told, uh, i told him look i'm in labor we have to go to the hospital and he's like okay okay i'm gonna get dressed i'm gonna pack things and we are going call mm -hmm. an uber so because i was still 
quite sure I'm going to take an Uber to the birthing hospital. And yeah. I gave birth at, uh, at U Apolinaje. Mm -hmm. And I live in Holeshovice. So that's basically the whole Prague. I was lucky that it was in the middle of the night. Yeah. It was like midnight or 1, 1 a.m. of the next day, on the 6th of September. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, I can't take an Uber. I'm about to puke. I will, I will vomit. Okay. So no Uber because we don't want to pay 5,000 for vomiting all around the taxi cab. Of yeah. course. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to call an ambulance and me being a huge empath and everything, I was like, I'm taking an ambulance from someone who really needs it. So everyone had to explain that I am the one who really needs it now. And I cannot, <laughs> like, and of course, the best idea, well, I know it wasn't their idea, it just happened to be that way. Two male uh, paramedics came and they were, <laughs> they were more scared about driving a lady who is in labor than me actually giving the labor I'm like that was really that was really amazing that's funny <laughs> <laughs> i was like have you not seen a lady giving birth and they were like so how are you doing and are you gonna give the birth now I'm like dude i don't know I, i've never done this before <laughs> and how am i supposed to, to <laughs> take me to the hospital and stop asking questions exactly <laughs> I don't know. Like, answer to everything was, I don't know. What's your name? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I really didn't know at that point. And yeah. So they yeah. drove me to the hospital. I vomited on and off a couple of times. And yeah, I had a pizza that day. It wasn't a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. So I came into the hospital and they were like, yeah, we see you having contractions, but you are not open enough. Like, we're going to probably have to send you home. Mm. Like, uh, I don't want to go home. I'm staying here. I'm staying right here, even if I'm staying on the corridor. I'm not leaving this hospital. So they were like, okay, you are not leaving this hospital. And I was in real pain. I didn't expect the pain to be that much. Mm -hmm. like, I'm yeah. sorry and a trigger warning to everyone expecting, but I did not expect this. I expected something like I have multiple tattoos and a couple of them are in places that are really painful. So mm -hmm. I expected something like that, like the nerves being tickled and stuff. Yeah. And no, that no. was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the baby didn't do a full rotation. So his face was up mm -hmm. instead of down in the birth canal and so they say that the skull is somehow uh, pressing on some nerves in the back and that is causing more pain and also all the contractions I had were in my back so I had a back labor and that mm -hmm. sucks yeah yeah yeah, they say mm. it's a little bit more, I didn't experience that, but uh, that it's a little bit more painful when baby hasn't turned just yet. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I asked, I was completely sure that I'm going to do all natural labor and everything is going to be unicorns and rainbows. Wasn't. Mm. I crossed, <laughs> I crossed, <laughs> I opened the door to the hospital and I said, I want epidural right now, right now, do something about it. So they did that. I couldn't sit 
till they punched some nerves so i didn't feel my leg working for about an hour and everything and on top of that my mom decided that she wants to be there also so my mom came and i started to be worried about my mother if she's okay and how she's hanging on and well actually it was a good idea for her to come because it took my mind of me sorry to say suffering because i was thinking if she's okay and if she's hanging and if she's not too anxious and everything isn't that so, so funny i think that a lot of women do that myself included when we're in labor we just start to worry about our partners and our midwives and our doctors and and all the people exactly. around we should, that's not what we yeah. should be <laughs> exactly i just for the hell of it couldn't focus on myself Mm-hmm. And like everything else was more interesting. Like I was caring more about the paramedics and the assistants and everything than myself. And my partner, like they gave me oxygen because I was starting to be like unsaturated or whatever they used for the word. So like they gave me oxygen and I was joking with my partner, giving him the oxygen. And yeah, that was, that was a good time. Yeah. everything was proceeding so to say normally except that the baby didn't make the turn they tried to force him to make a turn by positioning me that didn't go out well and then my water broke and they found out the water was dirty or whatever yeah so, so it wasn't good so they had to they had to make the baby come a little faster so they gave me a couple shots of oxytocin and so the labor started proceeding even quicker and yeah so they started with going on with those things my partner still there something is beeping and it was very stressful and me being anxious and depressed and scared that wasn't a good idea so i started feeling that i'm about to have a panic attack mm. and I actually did, but I, so I know this is not how it works, but I didn't have time for panic attack. I had to take care of everyone and everything and everything was wrong and I just didn't want to be there. And uh, yeah, and the baby was just taking his time and, uh, but my belly stopped working. I stopped having contractions, but he was mid canal and uh, they had to take him out because he was losing his oxygen saturation because the uh, umbilical cord was sorry because the umbilical cord was stuck somewhere pressed and the blood didn't go to him so uh, they ended up uh, using forceps to take the baby out yeah and that was traumatizing (laughs) that was very traumatizing because uh, the uh, the way they have to they have to make the episiotomy is it the cut yes, yes. they have to do that when they're using forceps to avoid more uh, injuries so they did that but doing that when the canal is not stretched I heard the clicks of those scissors and every time I hear a click of scissors now I want to vomit it's so yeah, I know. No, I don't want to do that. And I felt the blood rushing from the open wound 
on my legs and everything that was so disgusting that's the most disgusting feeling mm. but they took him out in time i remember uh, i was starting to lose my consciousness because i'm anemic and i uh, started losing a lot of blood and so i i only remember look your baby is here and something is beeping and a lot of people is uh, are there all of a sudden and look your baby is here and they took the baby out and basically like threw him on me i would say i would probably say they even like ha- hold him by his leg but i'm not sure and i don't wanna but th- that was the feeling like ah here you go and the baby was purple which is funny because my surname in Czech means purple um, it's just funny now but he was purple and he was not screaming and he was not doing anything he was not breathing and they took him out immediately uh, i only remember saying why is he so purple and then i lost consciousness and later on i found out that his apgar score was six and they actually had to um, they didn't have to use any machines to help him start breathing but they had to like pat him on his back um, couple times it didn't look good but five minutes after birth the apgar score was nine so everything went great yeah and but that didn't end there uh yeah i my placenta decided that it's not gonna detach itself like i had problems with the risk of placenta detaching when i was pregnant and now when it's supposed to detach it's not like perfect that's just dandy uh, so they had to put me under and manually take out the placenta which is gross to think about but actually it actually helped me to read a lot about well a lot of medical articles about what happened so to kind of de-traumatize myself so they took that out but i kept on losing blood and I ended up losing about one and a half liters of blood uh, for someone of my stature who I had 75 kilos when I was about to give birth. I, on, I had belly only pregnancy because of stress and everything. I only gained like 11 kilos, I think. Yeah, actually, yeah, 11 or 10 kilos I only gained but I puked out nine kilos in the first trimester. So I was really, I was tiny, tiny pregnant lady. And I had a small belly when I was, yeah, they didn't believe me that I was going to give birth because I was so small. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so so they took how out- was that? They, 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 so they, you had general anesthesia, so they put you out basically. Was that really quickly after the birth or did you get to see your baby for a while? Or Yeah, they actually, they took him away directly after to help him start breathing, which is understandable. And uh, then they cleaned him and everything. And I saw him for about a minute. I didn't even get to hold him or anything. I have one photo, which is the worst photo of me in the whole world, but it's my most precious photo of like my son with his huge bruise over his eye from the forceps and me being completely white and everything from losing blood. 
but I don't remember actually. I only know from the photo that this happened. And then they proceeded to put me under because I started to go on and off the consciousness. And I only remember that before they started using the forceps, there was a, there was a huge joke about the name of the doctor who was about to pro, uh, do the procedure. That was, that was actually quite funny, but it's, it's a cultural thing, so I'm not going to go into that. And, and uh, yeah, and I remember them having to kick out my partner because they're going to use the forceps and they don't want the men to see that. Like, I don't want to see that either. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I changed my mind. Anyway, the bonding. And then they put me under. I remember just like it was yesterday because I was playing a lot of Animal Crossing when I was pregnant. So I remember when they put me under that I was in the park with the Animal Crossing figures with my partner and the baby in the stroller. And uh, yeah, that was really, that was very funny because when I woke up from the anesthesia, I proceeded to tell everyone who I met, I saw a face and I started telling him, look, I was in a park and that was amazing. Like you gotta do that. <laughs> and they, they laughed, but yeah, I was really traumatized. <laughs> yeah. And then right. they had to take me to the intensive care unit because that's just how they do it. And I didn't see my baby for about six hours. And it was only after I started getting really worried that they are not bringing the baby to me because there was another another woman with me in the intensive care unit and they brought her baby about lunchtime to put him on the breast and I was like where's my baby and the nurse said I don't know anything about your baby and of course I panicked because like look you're a nurse you're supposed to know about every single baby that was my hormonal brain going you're not supposed to know every single baby you're supposed to know everything and my baby is definitely dead something happened to him definitely and I started I started panicking and the the mesh the machines I was hooked on to go, went crazy and the nurses went crazy and there was one nurse that she just uh, I don't know how they let her near people that are hormonal. She was just so rude. Like, Why are you crying? I'm like, dude, you have no idea where my baby is. I'm like, that's not good. You know, yeah. I, I want my baby right now or I'm going to get up and go find it myself. I had no idea where in the hospital I am or where the babies are, but I was sure I'm going to find the baby. I went full mamzilla on her and if the... If the nurse is listening, she probably isn't. I'm sorry, <laughs> that hormones. <laughs> yeah, but still, I think I think that that's a basic. It's very basic thing that if you have a mother who's just gone through birth and she's waking up in the ICU, and she's asking about her baby, you got to answer kindly to that question, right? Exactly. In my, in my head, that is that is a basic knowledge that you should have. Where is her baby? And if you don't know, you say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out for you, you know? That's kind of what I expected, to be mm. honest. And she said it in a way like, I have no clue about your baby. I'm mm. like, that's not good. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, but I asked repeatedly, I asked the doctor when I woke up in the ICU, I asked a nurse who later I found wasn't actually a nurse, but some kind of a maintenance lady. But 
she had the same scrubs. I had no idea how their work is, so I asked. And yeah, I kept on asking. And then the nurse blamed me, like, you didn't even ask for the baby. And of course, I started panicking even more, like, am I a bad mother already? I didn't ask enough. Hmm. Yeah, and that was that was very hard. Lucky for me, I didn't have to stay too long in the ICU, and I get to go to the normal thing with the baby uh, very soon. Actually, that evening, which was about, let me do a quick count. I saw my baby first six hours after he was born, and all I. I was worried about him latching on the breast, like, because I really wanted to breastfeed. Yeah. And yeah, but everything went well. I had, I got a blood transfusion and that was amazing. Like if, if someone is suffering from low energy and everything, get a blood transfusion, it works. <laughs> it's hilarious, but it actually made me a new person. And I was like, I'm ready to go home. Give me the baby. I'm leaving. Um, of course, I didn't. It was just I was just joking, but <laughs> I stayed for three whole days, and yeah, everything was amazing. Uh, when you were under general anesthesia, when you went in to have your placenta removed, did they give the baby to your mother or to your partner, or did they get to stay with the baby? Yeah, actually, they get uh, they got to stay with the baby. Uh, my mom uh, hold him for my mom held him for quite a long time. And my partner then complained that she didn't want to give it, give him to him. Yeah. That she was, she was holding him too much. And I even have a couple photos of them holding the baby. Uh, so at least he got some human contact. So I'm happy about that. And I'm happy I wasn't alone in there. And hmm. So that was also in September. So here in Czech Republic, we had that second lockdown in October. So I'm... I'm presuming because you had your partners there that it was fine in regards to the COVID situation and everything. Or was yeah, there any precautions? Was, or I only well, I was supposed to have the face mask, but that was the first thing that went off when I could. Like I'm not giving birth with a face mask on, even though I do wear a face mask. I would say religiously, but not really that. I do take precautions, but at that time, like sorry about f covid because i'm giving birth yes but my partner had <laughs> but my partner had to have the face mask and my mother everyone had to have the face mask yeah face mask on, but i could have them there and the, that is amazing because i am not well i would have to do it but i it would be much more difficult for me to be there alone yes of course but i'm really I really do understand why the mothers were so adamant about having their partner of their choosing at the birth because you really need someone there. I thought that I was going to be able to do it alone. Mm. And I was even thinking that I will tell everyone to just leave me alone. I'm so happy I decided to ask my partner to be there with me and that he actually wanted to do it and I didn't even force him he really wanted to be there and that's really something yeah we do need support even even when we think we we don't it's always good to have support in birth and it's I think it's been a big 
discussion this year all over the world in regards to maternity and and if we get to be in the hospital and 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 a lot of women have given birth alone this year uh, because of covid and uh, so i'm happy to hear that you got to you got to have a, a partner or two with you actually so that's really nice yeah, yeah. they were changing themselves it was really weird to me i like my partner went to take a smoke because he was really stressed out <laughs> of course like of course he loves me and i was like it seemed i could have died and my baby could have died too in there and i am all for women being able to have a choice when it comes to giving birth and everything even though i myself decided to give birth in the hospital and I would do that again, and I would even use the same hospital. Mm. I am very open-minded and everything, but still, I am not sure how I feel about women giving birth at home without the proper medical attention, especially when it comes to problems. And there was nothing that would predict the problems that I have. I had a risk pregnancy, that's true, but there was nothing pointing to having problems like this. So you never know. And I'm young, I'm 28 years old, that's not old for having a baby. And I'm healthy, like overall healthy, except a couple minor things, but I'm healthy. And I still had a very troubled birth. And yeah, you cannot predict that. Right, right. Yeah, but it's good that there's there's choice out there and that that we're bringing awareness to choice so we can choose to go to the hospital we can choose to be supported at home that there's you know we can do what, what feels comfortable for us exactly that's true i would not change the way it is i would not make home birth illegal or something i just think it's risky and i myself would not do that but that's my choice and i am all for mothers having different choice yeah Whatever, whatever we want, I think should should be supported. You exactly, know. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, how was postpartum then? After coming home, I was really, I was really, really worried about getting the postpartum depression because I suffer from depression as it is, and I was so worried that I'm gonna go. I was worried I'm going to go crazy and I heard a lot of horror stories about postpartum depression and I was very lucky. I was so super lucky for the support system that I have in my partner and my parents. And I do believe that thanks to them, nothing really happened to me and I did not get any major depressive episodes or anything. I did have some hormonal disbalance, which is normal. And I did cry a lot thanks to that. Hi, baby. You woke up. <laughs> he wants to join. <laughs> yeah, he's, just, he is, he's the most sunny boy in the world. Like he's smiling always. He's just nice. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's that's it i'm very lucky i had a turbulent pregnancy with a lot of things going on and i had a very traumatic birth and, but i have amazing baby and he is just so nice he's the kindest baby and he's so calm like he cries but only 
when he's hungry, when, which is a lot. I don't know if it's because he's, he's a boy, but he, just, he has the healthy appetite, so to say. Yeah, <laughs> I have one of those too. <laughs> yeah, and I was able to breastfeed him and I still am breastfeeding him. And even though I connected with him much later than immediately after birth, and he latched on perfectly. I had no trouble breastfeeding, and I feel so lucky. Yeah, I feel so lucky for that. Actually, that's wonderful. And how did you receive any any support postpartum? Any anyone to talk to, or anything uh, also in regards to your to your uh, baby's father? Is there any support around you from maybe not from your um, family and friends, but from the medical? part um is there any so as as you know you have to fill in a lot of papers where you write uh, all the uh, all the details about the baby and everything i decided not to write the biological father into my baby's papers yeah i know the father has every right to see his biological baby he doesn't care he didn't even write to me nor he tried to contact me in any way so he clearly doesn't care and some people also use like, no, you, he cannot pay you. I, I don't care. I don't want him in my life. I don't want to stress with that. And he would fight with me over the baby and I don't want to deal with that. So I would rather not deal with that. And clearly he's happy with my choice. You know, I don't know if happy, but yeah. clearly he doesn't care. So he has, he has a million ways of how to contact me. And he didn't. So I assume that he doesn't care and I'm happy for that. Yeah. So these days you're feeling supported and... and, and Absolutely. Yeah. At the safe. very beginning, absolutely. At the very beginning, I was like, I can't do this. I'm, I'm, there is no way I will be able to be a mother. That was the general thought of my first two weeks with the baby. Like, how, I, how do I hold this? What, what does it want? Like, how? It's so small. How do I touch it? Why, why is it crying? Or how do I clean the diaper? I had zero idea because I'm an only child also. So I have no siblings to have the practice on. And yeah, I had actually, I have never in my life seen a baby smaller than one month old. Mm until my baby like yeah. i i didn't know anything and i was i think i had the same and i have siblings you know and and i don't know i think a lot of women have the same just the very newborn face going what what do i do this little thing is so small and i don't know what to do <laughs> exactly i'm like staring at it and he was still an it at that time he is not anymore he is a personality but at that time he was just lying there feeling like all flat baby and everything yeah and uh and was like what do i do with this yeah what what do i do and i used to be a teacher in a montessori preschool and i have a montessori education uh, specialized in babies zero to three and then three to six Mm. and so I tried like go all Montessori with him. Didn't work at all. Uh, like my baby is broken. It doesn't do anything. It's just lying there. I don't know what to do with it. 
anyway, after about two weeks, I gained a lot of confidence. Mm. And I started taking him out. I started visiting my partner in his work, which actually helped me a great deal mm. about being able to go out and meet random people. Doesn't really matter what people, just meet someone, meet a person in the tram and yeah. start talking with them. That was a huge help. Mm. And that gave me a lot of confidence. And also what helps greatly is my partner. He is just, he is magnificent. He really is amazing. Even though he is at work most of the time and that's what he does for us, that's like really important for me. He even, he helps the way he can. He holds the baby, he plays with him and he feels like he is the father, the daddy, so to say. Mm -hmm. And that is so valuable to me that, he doesn't have to like the baby, but he loves him. Yeah. And it was his choice to love the baby. He has no obligation to do so. And he loves him so much. Yeah. And I feel so lucky for that. And I, I've actually, the support system is amazing that I have. I feel so lucky for that, for him and for my parents. I just, I'm, I'm not going to keep talking about that because I'm probably going to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Do you have any, any advice or any, any resources or anything that you can recommend for somebody who might be going through the same, same as you did? Yeah, definitely. F try to find at least a tiniest bit of support. If, you, if it's your cousin, if it's your aunt, there will be someone who understands. Mm. and just because the person is your family if it's your mother your father or your bio, uh, your baby daddy it doesn't matter they don't get to be toxic to you mm. but if the person is toxic it doesn't matter if it's family or not cut the person out you don't deserve to be treated wrong we all and as we all all women, all people deserve to be treated nicely. Mm. And we need that, especially during the sensitive time as pregnancy and postpartum is. We need that. Keep yeah. the people around you non-toxic. That is so important. Yeah. And there will, be, there will be support. I know from experience that you feel like everyone is going to say, F you, it's your problem for choosing the wrong partner. There will be support. The people will come to you and talk about your story. Hmm. Talk about your story till it gets annoying. Talk about how you uh, uh, talk about the, the traumas that you have. Talk about giving birth all the time. Like tell everyone, tell a, tell, tell a cash register lady, tell everyone. It will help you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's really wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else, Duska, that you'd like to add to your story before we round up? I don't, I think I told you pretty much everything. I feel so relieved to be able to say that, like, all at once, say, keeping the stories like what happened then and then, that's really nice and it helps. But saying it all at once is just so important. And 
thank you so much for having me because it helped a great deal. Yeah, great. And thank I, you so much. I really hope, I really hope that it will help some people. If it only helps one person in the whole world, I will be happy. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure that this will help a great deal of of women out there listening in. So thank you so much, Suska. Thank you very much for having me and. I'm so I'm just really I'm just so happy that I was given this opportunity. Thank you. Thanks again guys for listening in today and if you do need any resources or any links for help in any domestic violence situation please head to the show notes page on 9monthspodcast.com for this particular episode and there are some links listed there for both help in English and Czech language here in Prague. If you have any questions or anything regarding the podcast or if you want to share your story maybe on the pod one of these days then do also feel free to head to the website 9monthspodcast.com follow us on Instagram maybe 9monthspodcast is the tag there And we're also on Facebook, the Nine Months Podcast, birth stories from all over the world. You can become a member in this group as well. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed today's story and I'll see you again with a new story next week.